everyone and welcome to episode 65 of In The Saddle podcast. Tonight, myself, Chris Loder and Paul Callahan are talking about the announcement of the Grand National Weights today and discussing how we think these will affect the chances of the horses entered. So before we get going, Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into the National. Obviously, one of the highlights of the season known as the People's Race and yeah, hopefully we can throw out a few um, pointers to some of the listeners on some of the horses that might go well come April. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting stuck into this one. How have things been going over on your YouTube channel? Yeah, we've had a few winners. Uh, started off the month very well. Obviously, uh, Bareback Jack was a, a massive personal highlight. Love that horse. I know you and me have been uh, following in and hopefully he'll get to a step up in class next time. Uh, but yeah, it's not been going too bad. But yeah, we could do with a few winners. The last week or so has been a little bit dry. So hopefully we can find some winners. But yeah, not not been a bad month so far. Um, Paul Callahan, how are things your end? All's very well. Uh, looking forward to getting uh, dabbling in the, the Grand National. Put plenty of ground to cover between now and then. But, but looking forward to it. Um, enjoy the watch the covers live earlier on this morning into the afternoon on Racing TV and very much looking forward to it. Good stuff. So I guess the first thing we should really talk about is the thing that everyone has been talking about today, Tiger Roll. What do we think? Will he run? Has he been given a fair, rate, a fair weight? Chris, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, this is quite an interesting take, really. A lot of people I've seen today have been coming out and saying, yeah, I think the handicapper's got this one spot on. He's been given an official rating for the race of 166, which I believe is £7 higher than when he won the race in 2019. Now, if he's in the same vein of form that he was a couple of years ago, then obviously you could say maybe the handicap mark could still be a little bit lenient. lenient. But the last few runs from Tiger O. I'm not quite sure if the ability is still there. Um, and he was meant to run, if he had uh, run in the race last year, I think it was 171 was the, the mark the handicapper gave him. So he's £5 lower compared to last year's rating. But from what we've seen on him, like I said, on his last couple of runs, I'm not sure if the ability is still there. He was well beaten in the cross country. I know Easy Slands uh was a very impressive winner of that cross country race but there wasn't really that much depth to it looking back at it now and easy's lands has had a couple of niggles along the way so i'm not sure how good easy's lands is and also as well in the cross country race where we saw tiger roll last time out i know he was lame but he really um he, he just didn't look the look himself he is a horse that has got better in the spring so maybe this time of the year, could we could see him in a better light. I think he might be running at the weekend, possibly in the Boyne Hurdle. But for me, I think the handicapper could have maybe eased him another couple of pounds. I'd like to have maybe seen him been given a mark, maybe around about 162. I think that would have been a fair mark for him. Uh, I just think 166, I think the O'Leary's, if they're right and they think it's too high for him, I think... He won't take his chance, sadly, and I don't think they'll give way to public pressure. So I think Tiger Roll could have been maybe cut a couple of more pounds, but I don't think he's going to run, and I'm not sure if the ability is still there for him. 
I'm inclined to agree with you. It's not looked overly impressive for the last few times out. It's a long time since his victory and a lot can change in two years with wear and tear and joints and things. Um, he's 11 years old now. It's not, he's not, maybe not in his prime anymore. Paul Callahan, what do you think? I'd agree with that. Um, I, I think the, the year, the COVID maybe might have cost him his best chances of winning a third Grand National. I think that the mark is fair. I think the problem, maybe maybe it's not a problem, but I think the thing is we've heard it before with, with the O'Leary's, with Michael O'Leary was, we heard something similar going into last year. I think it was, it was, it was around, it was 170, I think he was due to carry last year. Do you know, he went into his second Grand National win, he carried, we were listening to something similar from from Michael O'Leary and he, do you know, he won it off a handicap mark of 159, he carried 11 stone, five, he was tanking for most of the, from the second time round from the Canal Tower and home, he was absolutely tanking until when Davey sent him about his business from the, on the approach to the elbow. And he also had two stumbles, not quite mistakes. He'd one worse than the other stumble, but in two fences in succession, he had, um, he, he just, he stumbled a bit on the, on the landing side. So, so all in all, I think it was a fair performance, but I do think he's 11. He's not getting any older. He's had a couple of lackluster performances. Navin last year, I wouldn't read too much into that. It was obviously in preparation. He's since been second at the festival. But he has since finished, he only beat three home in the flat race at Navin back on the 22nd of October. And then obviously in the cross-country race at the open meeting, he put in a very lacklustre performance in the cross-country won by Kingsville Theatre. I, I don't see why, like, the handicapper's not going to, the handicapper has a job to do as much as Michael O'Leary has. And and the owners, and like, you know, the O'Leary's have had fantastic luck in the national and it's great to have them on board. So I don't know why they need to play. Like he's obviously he's a, a character to say the least. And he's been a fantastic supporter of national racing, but I think it's taken away from the horse and what the horse has achieved. You know, the horse, he's a fantastic horse. He's possibly the horse of a lifetime. How many times has he won at the Cheltenham Festival? He's won at Aintree. Like why not just enjoy him? You know, if you think it's harsh, by all means, come out and say the handic that you think the handicap mark, the, hand the handicapper could have been a, a little more lenient. But I wouldn't be getting stuck into him like the handicapper or anyone else. You don't get stuck into Michael O'Leary for for how he runs Ryanair. Um, handicapper is his job to do. Davy Russell or whoever, fingers crossed, Davy Russell will be fit and well to ride him. Davy Russell knows the horse as does Keith Donahue. Whoever rides him, like Robbie Power. In at, at Cheltenham at the open meeting, if he's not firing over the first three fences, pull him up. They're, we have the best jockeys in the world, and and obviously the standard and, and the flats a different argument. I'm going to go off on another tangent there, but we have some of the best horsemen and, and jockeys either side of the IRC over over fences. Put him up, and, and if it's not if it's not happening, pull him up after. You'll know by the on the approach to the third fence, which is a massive, possibly the biggest fence on the. The course it's a big dirty ditch that looks back at you and if he's not firing on the landing side of that then i think you'll know fairly you'll know early on and, and i'll just pull him up and, and then make a decision or and, and hopefully all ends well you know maybe not rush into that decision but 
let's call it then. Like, I don't think there needs to be any drama beforehand. That's another thing to consider as well, isn't it? You've got to put some trust in the horse and in the jockey. And if you think the horse has still got the ability, that's why it's entered. Um, so then you've got to trust Absolutely. the if, jockey's decisions. If he's, yeah, if he's fit and well, if Gordon Elliott's happy with, with the horse and the owners are happy, but cautious, and as a, I'd, as, I'd assume you would be going into a Grand National as an owner or a, a trainer. Um, but if the trainer, if the horse is fit, well and healthy, and you're happy with him, just leave it to, to the jockey. That's why you're employing him. You know, you have to, like, we do have the best jockeys, and, and but that's why they're employed. They're employed professionals. And if they're not happy with the horse after the tour of four fence, then call it a day. I'm inclined to agree. I think that has nicely summed up what most people's thoughts are with Tiger Roll for this year's Grand National. Shall we have a bit of a chat about a few of the others? What do we think about Bristol DeMay? Yeah, I think he, he would be an interesting contender. I think if he if he did win, you could argue that he's probably the classiest, he would have been the classiest horse in, I can remember, to, to, to win the National. You know, um, he, he placed in the Cheltenham Gold Cup. He's... Was he now a three-time winner of the Betfair Chase at Haydock? Uh, he's won other grade ones during his career. He's been around for a long time, Bristol. Um, probably isn't quite top of the tree when it comes to the real proper three-mile top staying chases, you know, but he's definitely, he's definitely still got class he ran i thought a very credible race behind native river in in the cotswolds chase at uh at um at sandown and the reorganized one um yeah i think there's a lot to like about him he has been scratched from the gold cup which is interesting which indicates that connections you would think are going to take their chances here um that would have been if they weren't going for the grand national you would have had to assume there their big uh, spring festival target. So I think Bristol, if he if he does get the green light and he does turn up here, I think he'll I think he'll go well, and I think he's capable of carrying a big weight. My concern would be, what's the ground going to do? There's be a few horses that we might mention a little bit later that I think would be very ground dependent. If the ground was on on the quick side, um, if we had a, a dry uh spring and not too much rain i think maybe that that would maybe go against him we obviously know that he's a real proper mudlark really or that's where a lot of his best form has come um i think yeah i think he would definitely have a good chance of going well and and it'd be great to see some of these top uh staying chases actually running in the handicap you know sometimes we can we complain why doesn't native river go and have another crack at the Welsh National or some of these other top staying horses that might not be good enough to win a Gold Cup. Why don't they try and shoulder big weights in these top handicaps where arguably the prize money is just as good, if not better, um, you know, and have a real crack, you know. And, and if they are that good, they should be beating a lot of these horses, giving them plenty of weight away. So I think Bristol... I think he would definitely be an interesting contender, but I just think there could be quite a few unexposed types in here. But yeah, from from the class angle, he would definitely be a great addition to the race, and I could definitely see him making the frame. But I would be a bit worried that maybe a couple of others in here might have a better profile coming into the race. Yeah, I think I think Bristol 
it's um a completely different style of race isn't it to a lot of what bristol has done so whether class prevails um in a race that can fall apart and get very scrappy um we'll see how he fares what do you think paul i think daryl jacobs in for a, an absolute super ride i think he's he's gonna really enjoy it i could see bristol may running a cracker but just maybe finding it hard work from from the the last home um you know he's top weight top weight for a reason his form is there to, for everyone to see it you know he was a good second as chris mentioned in the, the costable chase behind native river at the at sandown back in early february prior to that he was a winner of his third bet fair in haydock you know he was ninth last season at the in the Cheltenham, Cheltenham gold cup behind album photo i think he was still there on up to the, the, the landing side of the second last like he was still in you know he was, he was obviously going backwards but he was still just a couple of lengths of in off a couple of lengths off the, the leaders at the landing side of the second last i could see maybe a similar story here he likes to go forward as well 30 others maybe up to 40. <laughs> so you know he, there'll be a bit of pressure up front obviously I'd, I'd imagine at his stage of his career and, and daryl will just slot in wherever they try and get a good start and slot in wherever he's wherever he's comfortable and happy but i could see him running a cracker but just maybe fading from the the last or the second last hole so I have a question for you both. Looking at the marks and the weights, is there anyone that stands out as you think has been very harshly dealt by the handicapper? That is a really good question. I think Easy's land is an interesting one. Um, obviously, the cross country is. Obviously, Tiger Owl has proved that the cross country has been a great trial for, for the national. Obviously, <laughs> he's running it the last two years and he's won both his starts in the cross country and then he's come and won the national. I think I had someone say earlier that Silver Birch went down the cross country route and then won over uh, the course at, at uh, Aintree. So, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a bad route and... Uh, David Gotten, if my French pronunciation is any good, um, he uh, he really specialises with his cross country runners, um, and he he's made no bones that he wants to have a crack at the national. You know, and I, I think he he he's a really interesting contender, but assessing French form can be very tricky. Um, Easy's lands as well has had a couple of niggling little issues and i know a lot of people are saying oh he's a certainty for the cross country but honestly actually study up on your french form and look into it a bit more because if you do look into it a bit more some of the quotes from david cotan have been a little bit off-putting um and also as well he didn't quite have the zest as he'd shown on his previous starts at cheltenham when he ran in november i think he is a little bit high um in the weight for my liking um there's also as well another horse in there called ajas um for david cotan uh, that's his other runner um he um is a really interesting contender he won the same race that easy's lands won last year at poe going on to the 
uh, cross country. And I know he's got an entry for the cross country at Cheltenham, Ajax. He's similar profile, a young progressing, progressing horse for David Cotten. So he would be the one I would be keeping an eye on. And if he was to go and win the cross country, then I think he could be really exciting. I think he's in the low 150s. But yeah, going back to a horse that I think is a bit harshly treated, maybe Easy's Lands. I think maybe he could be a little bit high in the weights. But like I said, that cross country angle has been a good one in the last couple of years, especially with Tiger Earl. So he would probably be one I'd say, in my opinion, it, he could be a few pounds higher than he really should be. So, yeah, that that's one that sticks out to me. He he was who I had in mind, so I sort of set you up for that to see what your thoughts were. Uh, Paul Callahan, what do you think? Yeah, we haven't had any contact about this beforehand, but I agree. As soon as the weights came out, um, I understand the handicapper did say he was a very hard horse to, to assess, but... You know, he struggled. He was a beaten odds on favourite at Cheltenham back at the open meeting off 167. He remains on, on 167 for the national. He won at the, the festival off a mark of 152. I believe, did he run recently up in France and finish third in order race? Ajax. No, was that Ajax or Easy's Land? That was Ajax. Ajax, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, Easy's hasn't had a run since the, the open meeting. He was, he was beaten odds on favourite. Like he was beaten a long way out, so maybe he could have been dropped another couple of pounds by the handicapper, time will tell. Another thing as well, he's a, a tendency, he can be a little low at his fences. That would be my only concern. I know that the fences at entry, they're not what they used to be, but you still got to respect them. He can get a little low. They're not like the fences in France that you can just brush through. Now, the, the only thing... That maybe if if he got away with it, I'd imagine he'll be schooled over a couple of fences beforehand. But if he got away with it in the opening stages, if he if he managed to just give one a nudge and realise that actually I'm going to have to have a little bit more more respect, could be the best thing he could do was was maybe give one a nudge in the early stages. Might just get him to to respect him, but can be a little low. And also Chris's dream is in there off one six four. Struggled in a, in a gold cup off 165 last season. He only ended up beating two home in the end. He's a horse's best press also. I'm not sure if he... He was a good winner at Tritown last season under Robbie Power and then he won a graded chase at Gorham Park. He's a horse with huge... He's a horse I really like. He might go. He struggled to stay three miles at Down Royal on his seasonal reappearance, but thought maybe Easy's Land and Chris's Dream were the two that just could have been treated a little kinder by the handicapper. Yeah, Chris's dream was another one that stood out to me. I mean, he's he's a smart horse, but I don't know if it's if it's where I would have sent him. So uh, I have another question. Um, so there's only 15% chance of favourites that have won the Grand National. So at the moment in the betting, Cloth Cap is the favourite. What do we think his chances are, Paul? I really liked him. He'd be one of my fancies. I think he's a nice handy weight. I think even if the top few come out, which the majority of them won't, you know, if the weights go up four or five pounds, he's still got a nice weight. I think he's in there off ten stone five. He was very impressive winner of the that competitive handicap chase. What was the Hennessy at Newbury back in November? His jumping's fantastic. Touch wood, and 
what you need, he he'd be an ideal candidate. He he ticks a lot of boxes. Cloth cap. So he's he, my top two selections would be cloth cap. His jumping is is fantastic. As point I was about to make was at age three, you do need a horse that's economical and but just jumps what's put in front of them. If you have a horse that's too brave, it it won't end well either. Do you know what? I can remember I was involved. I was with Howard Johnson's when when Grey Abbey was was going to have a tilt at the Grand National, and Graham Lee came in and we went to school him over a couple of replica fences of the the national course, and it, it wasn't pleasant. So obviously he didn't take his chance there, and he was an exceptional really? jumper of a of a normal fence, but it it's unbelievable. Like the jockey was rarely in control of Grey Abbey. Do you know, there's a couple. Of, I think he won a bet. He won a, a bowl. At, at Aintree and I think there's a picture of jumping the, the ditch up the home straight I think he's outside the wings and he's in he's in full flight I think as, as we were saying if, if he'd done that at the chair and met you know misjudged it you could be scraping it you could have been scraping him up for a week this and I think cloth, yeah like cloth cap touch wood is, is he just pops what's in front of him and, and that's it He's definitely got a nice technique over a fence. We say it a lot with the show jumpers. Um, like a lot of the show jumpers, they're so brave and so careful over a fence that they absolutely would not cope with going eventing and the ditches and banks and things like that. That kind of style of jumping is just not suitable for the ordeals that you face out on on a track. Um, but I was mega impressed with Cloth Cap last time out. He won in such lovely style and beat I right by 10 lengths, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I feel so sorry for I right. He, he's definitely, the, I would say, the most consistent horse in training and it's probably a handicapper's dream, but he deserves to win a big pot. I thought he was going to, I thought it was going to be his day last time. At um at Doncaster in the Skybet Chase, he jumped impeccably that day. He still looked like he had, he had quite a bit left at the end, but taking risks. He's been a great servant to Nicky Richards, a Scottish national winner, and now obviously a Skybet Chase winner at Doncaster. Yeah, he's just bumped into one on the day that turns up in these big races. But yeah, I write um that form. Uh yeah, it's definitely been boosted uh, for Cloth Cap. Um, I think I write is generally round about a one five five horse. I thought he might have a crack at the Grand National, but I think the Scottish National is is where he might be going, and possibly a run in the Ultima at Cheltenham has been mentioned. So keep an eye out uh, for I write there uh, if if you love that horse like I do. But yeah, going back to Cloth Cap, uh, he was very impressive, wasn't he at Newbury? Uh, the the big concern about him would be the ground. Um, I think when it was the race at Newbury, it was good to soft, and uh, that's the kind of conditions he would need. Hopefully in April, you would think uh, we would have that kind of ground, but with the unpredictable weather that there is these days, I think a lot of these spring ground festivals, uh, where they're normally good to soft ground, are more becoming soft, maybe heavy in places kind of ground. You know, it's not, it's not changing so much. So, if it did uh, turn up on the soft side or it was quite testing, that would be a major negative for cloth cap. But yeah, you've got to sit up and take note. I think of a mark of 148, I think that's his official rating. I think there's still definitely, if the ground's on the good side, quite a few pounds to play with. 
Um, Trevor Hemmons as well. I haven't spoken about him as an, as an owner. Loves this race. Uh, had great days with Hedgehunter in the past. Many clouds. Um, yeah, definitely got a great chance. And I know this horse has had a big reputation for a long time too. A lot of people have been, have been saying he's uh, been a national uh, winner in waiting. So we'll live to see if that happens, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I think he deserves his place at the top of the market. And uh, I agree with Paul. He, he's definitely on my shortlist for the race. Anyone else on your shortlist, Chris? Yeah, um, I've got a couple. I won't mention one of them because I know Paul, prob- Paul probably uh, he'll be he'll be on his shortlist too. But the one I was quite liking earlier was Champagne Classic. Um, had a really interesting profile. Martin Pipe winner at the festival a few years ago now, um, and I know he's quite well touted to go for the National Hunt Chase, but I don't think he ran in the end. I think he had a little injury, but. On some of his form, his rating of 151 looked quite good. But despite having an entry in the cross-country and an entry in the National, Gordon Elliott said that he might not be fit enough in time. So uh, as soon as I put that uh, bet on, I was able to cash out. So the bookmakers didn't get their money there. Uh, so I, I'm going to keep my powder dry with him. But if he did turn up, just one to still uh, keep in the back of your minds. But the one I do like is another Gordon Elliott horse uh, in the Jigginstown colours uh probably be, you could probably back about three or four of them to be honest with you and they probably still <laughs> wouldn't finish in the first 10 who knows but um the one i quite like is uh, milan native uh won the kim muir uh for, for gordon elliott uh at the festival last year uh, i think he's got a rating of around about 147 i think he would be quite interesting gordon elliott was quite sweet on his chances a couple of his latest runs have been maybe a little bit below par, but I think he could be one of these spring kind of horses that Gordon would target for for these spring festivals, you know. And I think he's still got another nice staying uh, handicap in him. He's definitely one of those types that's still unexposed, arguably over tri- a long trip, and has got younger legs. So you definitely have to sit up and take note from him. Uh, I think he's about 33 to 1 generally for the race, I think. I think if he got declared, he would be an interesting contender. And I think there could still be a few pounds to play off his mark. So, yeah, Milan native was the one I was looking at away from cloth cap. Paul, any for you? Well, the top two, in no particular order, I mentioned cloth cap. And the next one, I do love a good Tom Lacey horse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Zucker fellow. That was my my other one. No, yeah. never. We've not heard this on the podcast before. I think I, I like Kimberly Candy. He was second. He's had two runs over the, the National Fences, finishing place on both. He was well beaten on his last run, which was in the, the Beecher Chase at entry behind Wally on Rouge. Grounds was quite testing when he ran there. Prior to that, he was a good winner of the Classic Chase at Warwick, which, of course, won for Archer was he was victorious and on his route to towards the entry success you know he was he was fifth he was beaten favorites in the either chase back in 2019 and to be fair he didn't jump at all well in the early stages it took about half a circus or so a mile or so from just to warm up but he clearly likes the, the entry fences touching wood and horses that have been to entry before even on one occasion he's had two shots at it they're generally fast around there. They know what to expect. At the canal is hard. They, they are quicker away from there. 
and um, you know he has the course form. He showed his liking for us, and he's a nice handy weight there of a mark of one hundred and fifty three at the moment. He'd carry ten stone ten. So he did. He'd been my top two selections along with Cloth Cap. Of others, I like. I do like the conditional. I could see him running a huge race. He's a lovely weight of ten ten stone six off the mark of one hundred and forty nine. He's generally pretty consistent. He was a good second on his last run. Of course, he's a, a Cheltenham Festival winner. He generally never runs a, a bad race. The the mayor magic light. I could see her also. Possibly coming up short, but but again running running a cracker. She was second over hurdles on her last start at, at Ascot, but before that I noticed that the mare's chase at Newbury. She only beat two home, but you know she looked as good as ever. So I could see Magical Light uh, clearly likes a brown entry. She's getting on a bit. She's a ten year old, but I could see her running well. And Potter's Corner, I could see him maybe sneaking a place. He's eleven. He wouldn't need to bounce back. He was disappointed on his his last start, but he is a Welsh national winner. And he does have a low weight. He does, but I just feel he's 11. Again, COVID might have done his chances any good along with Tiger Roll last year. You know, he's just that year older and the 11-year-olds wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't set your life for, for investment purposes for of your idea for a winner for the, of the race, you know. I could see him running well, but just maybe falling short in the last last half mile or so. What are your thoughts, Paul, on any second now who was second favourite for the race last year before COVID put a halt to things? Yeah, he probably need to he was pulled up when he on his last run in the Tiestas. Do you know he needs to bounce back? Before that he was he was well beaten over hurdles in a graded race won by Florent Porter, who of course went on and won a grade one. He hasn't shown much form since around this time last year so maybe it is coming into to his time of year like he, he was a good third in the handicap chase behind the morgan duke or strained by paul gilligan at leperson but you have to go back to early february of last year now he, he won a small runner race a, a five runner race at nace albeit it was a grade three of course um you know that would have been under the run into last year's race so he'd need to bounce back you know he's short enough at the moment you know, he's yeah, forced it to the top of the bet. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to see him. I think there's a bit more value. You'd like to see him run somewhat close to his his mark or, or somewhat close to form for you to invest. He wouldn't be for me now. Chris, anyone that you'd like to mention? No, not particularly. I'm not sure that there's too many... I don't think there's a lot of horses in here that are like really unexposed or they hold no secrets. I know a lot of people might want to get into secret reprieve. Um, I've seen him up there in the betting with quite a few firms, you know, and obviously he was very uh, uh, well in it to win the Welsh National. But from what I've heard from Evan Williams, I would be slightly concerned that he probably wouldn't turn up here and it might just come a little bit early in his career, if that makes sense, because I think he was yeah. still a novice, if I'm correct in thinking, when he won... He won had six, six runs over fences. Yeah, so, so so that... And also, well, the fact that he's never even had a go, I mean, probably quite a lot of the horses we're putting up haven't even had a go round entry, so you, you, you do take your chance, um, obviously, with that, um, you know, but... 
for me, uh, uh, secret reprieve. I think he would still uh, he he would have to take another astronomical step forward, in my opinion. I think by all means he could win the Welsh national again this year, but or later on this year. Um, God, it feels a long time, but um, yeah, it, I think for me he 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 wouldn't be on my list. I know Lebroy was on my radar for this race for a long time, but I think that. I think that uh, that that dream has kind of come to an end now. Um, he's had a couple of chances. He would have need to have probably gone up a few pounds. So, yeah, I know Lebroy's in the weights, but unless he wins a race anytime soon, I don't think he's gonna get in. So yeah, I I don't think there's anything else really I want to cover. Really, I think I think like I said, I think cloth cap for me. I think. He could be a massive gamble for the race, especially like I said, if the ground is on the on the right side for him. I could see Cloth Cap, but I don't know what kind of price he he, he would go off in the end. But I, I think he could be another Tiger Roll kind of job, you know, five to five to one that that kind of price. I really do think, if especially like if they get if they get all the replays out of Hedge Hunter and many clouds and and that and we have a bit of a dry face until, until the until the day. I think cloth cap could be a shoe in, and yeah, I think I think he could be a very warm favourite. So, yeah, I think I think I think uh, I think it could be another another gamble again in the national that might might get the job done this year. You think it could be like Nicky Henderson watching the show the Dublin Racing Festival to the likes of Epitans and them? They could be showing them. Headhunters <laughs> yeah. or not? I yeah. wonder if Nick Henderson will be showing them headhunters to to Santini. What do you think of it? <laughs> I mean, we haven't touched on Santini. Um, no, I, is, I think he either is this distance long enough for him. I don't think that's the problem. I think he's just. I think he's, he'll either love it or hate it, won't he? I don't mm. think there'll be any in between. I think he'll know. I think he'll know by the time you get to the. To the Board fence. I think he'll know your your faith. I think he'll either love it or hate it. As I said before, I think I think he'd be quite happy to follow the steam train, maybe the, the length of the country on a, on a going day. But and he might even go past it for a strike. I think your theory was blown out of the water there the last time, Paul. Uh, with uh, Santini, he was uh, he could have ran next to a, a train, you know, because sometimes by the railway he had everything in his favour that day, but it was just. Uh, very disappointing, but yeah, Santini. I, I don't think he's likely to run here. I think uh, I think uh, the Gold Cup probably is still the plan, and this might be uh, a target for him next year. But yeah, Santini. Who knows with him? If you can get him to uh, start winning races, I think you're an absolute genius. Nicky Henson is a genius, but uh, not normally with staying chasers. But yeah, Santini uh, is definitely one of the one of the bi- biggest enigmas in racing that that's for certain that's for certain so before we wrap up the end of the podcast shall we have a bit of a chat and go for a selection each that you'd back to win and then a long shot long odds each way bet um chris loader yeah well, i think i'm gonna be really boring here um I think it is cloth cap for me. I, I, I think he just ticks all the boxes. And like I said, I think he could be the subject of a 
of a bit of a gamble, to be honest with you. I really do think um, he he could be the, the real deal in the national this year. So, yeah, I'm not being uh, too original there. If it had to come to a really a, a left field one, God, you could. <laughs> this is this is like Mission Impossible. This is. Uh, if I if I had to go for a real left field one, I, I don't know if. I don't know if he would run, but I might take a chance on taking risks um, for, for, for Nicky Richards, you know. Um, I think the plan is to come here, um, possibly. Uh, he, he's, like I said earlier, he's won a Scottish National. He's won a Sky Bet Chase. I know he is getting on a bit, and I know Paul said he doesn't particularly like older horses, but age isn't everything. Um, and I, I, and I, I could see him maybe coming from absolutely nowhere and running something down at the line and or maybe making the frame that there's extra place markets available on the day. So taking risks, I think maybe he could deploy some of his skill set maybe around here. But yeah, just that that's a left field one from me. But yeah, not not maybe an original left field selection. What about you, Paul? For a win bet, it's a toss up between like, I'm not going to sit Cloth Cap or Kimberlake Candy uh, for either up for an each way bet. I think um, for a, a winning selection, either, either of those two, I don't think you're going to go too far wrong. I think they're both going to be on the premises, on the approach to, to the elbow. I'd be surprised if they weren't. Um, regarding each way bet, the condition, I think he'll set to run a cracker, a nice handy weight, rarely runs a bad race. A festival winner. He was a good second at Ascot on his last start in a race won by Mr. Malarkey. So I think the, the conditional nice handy weight for an each way bet. Perfect. I think that wraps us up for this evening then. Um, lovely to talk to you guys. It feels like it's been a little while. Um, so thank you to everyone listening for continuing to support in the Saddle Podcast. It's growing every week and we couldn't do it without all of your help and support. So it is very much appreciated. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud and give us a follow on Twitter. Hope everyone has a great week and weekend. And remember, if you are having a gamble, do so responsibly. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>